Hey everybody, what's going on? It's good to be back for another episode of the Miami Comedy Podcast. How you doing? How was your week? Mine was pretty good. Fairly busy. I've been doing uh, shows Monday through Thursday. Uh, big shout out to the uh, Sylvester Bar for slowly getting us to the point of bringing in a nice Midtown slash Wynwood Bar to do comedy shows in. If you haven't been to the Sylvester, it's right across the street from the Midtown Shops. It's a beautiful vintage bar. It's like a charming uh, aesthetic to old school uh, Miami. I'd say like, uh, think of Ernest Hemingway. You know, that that whole tropical vintage alcohol vibe. Uh, Love the bar. Had a networking event there too. Big success. Great turnouts. And a lot of fun. Got a good, got, got a lot of good feedback for it. All right, so today I want to talk about uh, some future projects that we're going to be embarking on soon. Uh, not to get into too much detail, but ComedyCalendar.com is uh, going to be the next big move. And, uh, you know, I got a lot in store for this particular idea. If you haven't checked it out, make sure you go uh, to Comedy Calendar because we're, we're, trying to, we're trying to put together something where uh, we connect various cities and, of course, yourself to getting nonstop laughs. You know, laugh every day is the slogan. Find the funny fast is the second slogan. I don't know which one to go with. Uh, I'll keep them both. And uh, Comedy Calendar is, uh, is a feed where you can put in the city and you can connect with certain venues and watch a show. And in the future, we're going to start looking into um, promotions for artists and, and comedians, as well as the uh, venues themselves. Maybe maybe a ticketing platform. I don't know. I mean, to get into business with something that you're not sure of is always a big risk. But when it comes to risk, I mean, where's that's where all the fun's at. You got to jump on on the risk train, and you got to make a an ass out of yourself. And you know, you got to have the confidence if you do. If you fail utterly doing something, hey, at least you tried doing it, right? What are, what are you going to do? You're just going to sit in the couch and hope that you started a comedy calendar? No. You're going to go out. You're going to piece together a couple of dollars. You're going to find someone to build it. And then next thing you know, you go online and there's your idea looking right back at you in your face. And, uh, you know, procrastinating is definitely trying to deter me from taking risks because there's nothing more comfortable than just doing absolutely nothing. Oh, man, let me tell you something. When I was a kid uh, in the 90s, there was a game called Doom. It's like a first, it's kind of like the first first person shooter where the gun's in front of you and you're going around and you're shooting demons and stuff. Uh, It just so happens that the uh, creators of Doom released, finally, the port version on mobile. And, you know, before I go to bed, (laughs) <laughs> I play it, and uh, I'm like, man, this would be great to continue playing on my waking hours. Uh, I haven't done so yet, but the nostalgia is just strong. Um, thankfully, some of the stuff that I've been accustomed to in the morning have been embedded well, that uh, I wake up and I start working on them immediately, rather than uh, you know playing cuz i look here's here, let me confess something to you guys i'm a, i was a big time gamer not so much now but when i was you know fairly young probably to my mid 20s i was playing hardcore video games like rpgs first person shooters and then when multiplayer started becoming 
more popular than than the single player themselves. Oh man, it was like crack. Because you know what's so fun about multiplayer? Not only are you doing it with friends if you do get a lobby together and you play with them, but shoot strangers. <laughs> but to go online, put on a headset, and just start talking shit to people as you you know as you shoot them. Of course. With your imagination, you know, through a video game. Now, I don't don't advocate violence, nor do I think video games advocate them because, uh, you know, if you do end up killing somebody because of a video game, it was in you the whole time. The game didn't convince you. You convinced yourself. Uh, But that's that's besides the point. Uh, Violent video games like war games or games on shoot-em-ups and all that kind of stuff, it's it's somewhat stress-relieving. I'm not going to lie. It feels pretty good. Like, you know, when people go to the gun range, and just pop off a couple of rounds and they just feel like, ah, oh, needed to get that out of the way. Imagine the gun range right there on your television set connected to the internet. <laughs> and when you're, look, man, I haven't been online playing video games since like, yeah, since like my mid-20s. And let me just say that when, you, when, you're, when you're like 25 and there's a you know, 14-year-old there like getting mad because you're just whooping his ass, there, there's just something so relieving it's just the stress just melts away with you laughing and just agitating these people that you've never met but you can hear them bro fuck man damn i'm out of ammo leave don't do that stop camping oh man good times i'm actually having flashbacks thinking about all the good times i had talking shit to strangers in video game lobbies um, but yeah, to go back to what I was saying, take risks, comfort and dopamine. I, as a matter of fact, you know, I was reading this thing about a dopamine cleanse. That's funny uh, that people call it that because, you know, play, for me playing video games and, and, and procrastinating, it's really just you shoot, shooting myself. It's really just me shooting myself up with dopamine, you know, trying to be comfortable and not go out there and, and get some work done. Right. And uh, I read this article that says that a dopamine cleanse uh, is healthy for you because you, you don't get so addicted to your brain chemicals. And let me just say this. That's ridiculous. But at the same time, it makes sense because I don't know if you know this or not, but I skip every other year when it comes to alcohol. I, uh, I don't drink one year and I drink the next. And I've been doing it since 2016. So in 2016, I didn't drink. 2017, I did. 2018, I, I didn't. And then now I'm back on the wagon. Oh, no, or off the wagon, I believe is how you say it. And uh, let me just say that when, when you're not drinking alcohol, you're definitely going through some sort of dopamine cleanse. Uh, because every time I go out with my buddies and they're you know, pouring themselves a nice gin tonic or uh, you know, a Cuba Libre, my brain, my, my mouth starts watering and my brain just says, you know, you, you've gone long enough. You can go for a drink, you know, loosen up. It's just one drink. Like your, your, your brain actually starts to convince itself just to get that hit of dopamine. And a lot of us are very hedonistic because we're addicted to this stuff, right? Like I think like someone said that, you know, the, the chemi- emotion, the chemicals in your brain are the most addicting things in the world because it is, it is the thing that causes addiction, right? But to dopamine cleanse, like, how boring must it be to, to willingly not enjoy what you naturally are wired to enjoy? Like, why cleanse yourself of dopamine forever when you can, you know, get a little hit there, 
little hit over there just to let you know you're alive. I think that's what dopamine does, right? Just get that release of dope and you just feel, ah, oh, I'm alive, I'm here. But then again, too much of it can lead you down a, a worse track because you're going to try to chase a certain, a certain high, right? Isn't that how addiction starts? Like heroin. Here's the thing, man. When it comes to heroin, I've never tried it, but some of my favorite writers and musicians, they've tried it, and the stuff that they produce while on it gives me the dopamine. You know what I mean? <laughs> and uh, so a uh, big shout-out to heroin users for making some of the best artistic endeavors out there and uh, for sacrificing their lives in doing so. <laughs> That's silly. Uh, yeah, they, they definitely chased the dopamine train. And, uh, and I guess you would say they took a risk at the same time for the sake of creating art. Look at that. We, we rounded it right back. We're gonna, this podcast is, is based on dopamine, procrastination, and taking risks. And uh, yeah, it just came all out of my head. And look at that. We just rounded right back to the beginning. Uh, doing heroin for the sake of art and risk uh, will make some great albums. will create some of the best books you've ever read. And then, uh, then, then they burn out. And then they go down in history. You know what? I'm thinking about going through a heroin addiction. You know, go up on stage, start drooling, start talking some really good stuff up there. And then people are like... Uh, Wow, he was great that one time, but now he's a mess. No, probably won't work, right? Stand-up comedy and heroin. As artistic as you can get on heroin, I don't think you can do stand-up with it. You got to be active. You got to be, you know, uh, aware of the audience. You got to be sober. I never. I don't like going up on stage, you know, under the influence of anything. I mean, I've done it. I've experimented every once in a while, but there's no better feeling than killing 100% sober on stage. Maybe when it comes to hardcore drugs, uh, the artistic endeavors only happen when you're in the comfort of your own home and your studio. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where this podcast is going. So with that being said, that's the 10-minute mark. We try to keep this short, entertaining, so I can get the conversation going with the listeners out there. A big thank you if you are a listener. I've seen the, uh, the play rates. We've definitely been going up. Um, if you want to hear a certain topic, send me an email. I need some feedback. I think the next level in order to turn this 10-minute podcast into a 20-minute podcast and beyond, we're going to have to segment some parts of it. So, for example, the first part would be, you know, the promotions, what, what I've got going on and what you can benefit from uh, in terms of these projects. And the second half could be me coming up with a thought, running with it, riffing, having a conversation with you. And then maybe the third and fourth part can be like, I don't know, reviews or uh, local recommendations and uh, your feedback. If you give me an email about something that's going on in your life, in the city of Miami, in uh, something that, you know, that, that happened that was funny to you, something that's trending or viral that you want to touch on, send me an email or leave a comment. Um, I believe MiamiComedy.com has a comment section when you scroll down to the bottom. Just leave me a comment there. And uh, yeah, I'll get a notification for it. And we'll put you on. I'll read it out loud. I don't care. You can diss me for all, for all I care. There's some guy that did. I read it. Um, and then he unfollowed me. <laughs> all right, guys. Uh, that's it for the podcast. Make sure you go to MiamiComedy.com. See all the shows we've got coming up. And if you're listening outside of Miami, go to ComedyCalendar.com. Find the shows in your city. And, uh, yeah, let's get these laughs. Let's get this dopamine rush. <laughs> all right, guys. See ya.